Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 15th day of January. I am your host, Paul White. Thank you for joining me on a Saturday. We always let you know what's coming up tomorrow on our full-length drop. You can access that right here, wherever you're listening to the podcast. We'll have both the DDP and a full-length sermon every Sunday. This week, it will be titled, Joseph the Dreamer 2.0. This is a sermon we delivered at the December monthly meeting in Flowery Branch. We have a monthly meeting every um, every month and usually around the fourth weekend of the month. It just depends on the date. Um, we met just prior to Christmas, the end of 2021, and I was doing some sermons that weekend. We had our Chapin meeting. We had uh, that meeting, and then I would, was in Popper Bluff, Missouri the next weekend, and so I was doing some sort of Advent Christmas-themed sermons. And I wanted to take a look at Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, and the important role that he played. And that really gave me a vehicle to talk about dreams and hearing from God and some things that I think you might enjoy. So give it a listen. Joseph the Dreamer 2.0. Of course, we're playing off of the fact that there's a Joseph in the book of Genesis. And of course, there is Joseph the Dreamer in the New Testament. We don't talk about that Joseph as much, but... Perhaps we should. I think you'll agree after watching or listening to this sermon. Give it a give it a uh, little bit of your time. Take about 50 minutes, I think 52, 53 minutes tomorrow, wherever you listen to the podcast. Today we are in the 20th chapter of the book of Genesis. I am aware that oftentimes I will read a verse or a portion of a verse, talk about it, maybe spend even two or three days on a verse. Um, But I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to read any particular verse today. Chapter 20 is 18 verses long. I don't want to read chapter 20 to you because you can open a Bible app and hit audio and listen to the 20th chapter, or you can pick up your own Bible and read 18 verses for yourself. You don't need me to read to you the 18 verses. What you might want is a little exposition on what is going on. And what is going on is a repeat of what went on when Abraham and Sarah went down into Egypt. And Abraham told Pharaoh that Sarah was his sister. And Pharaoh puts Sarah, apparently puts Sarah in the, the uh, Pharaoh's harem. Nothing ever happens. But he then has this confrontation with Abraham. Why'd you tell me it was your sister? Abraham says, well, I didn't know that you wouldn't kill me. It's almost a repeat, word for word, when you get into chapter 20, which is odd because you've already had an instance of this happening to Abraham, and why would he do it again? And from the, let's play both sides of this. From one side, you might say, well, he might do it again because he's genuinely scared. He's in a, he's a stranger wandering through other people's countries, and maybe he has heard that the practice. Um, is to kill men uh, and take their families. And so maybe he's genuinely going to reuse, play that card every time he gets into a town because technically Sarah is his half-sister. They don't share both parents. Um, the, the con, the other side of that could be that maybe Genesis is trying to show you that we're not quick to learn our lesson, that he went into Egypt, ended up, having this incident cause some problems. You're better off to learn from problems. He doesn't 
there's also a conflict. It seems like there's always a conflict that comes up later out of these incidents. There is with Abimelech, way up in chapter, well, not way up, in the next chapter, chapter 21, where Abraham and Abimelech struggle, their, their people struggle with one another, they have to end up cutting a covenant. And you might think, you might say that that was sourced in this distrust of chapter 20. Um, if you wanted to stretch it a little further, you might say that Abraham did it again on purpose because when he went down into Egypt and lied about Sarah, he got blessed with a lot of goods on his way out. Maybe he thought that same thing would happen again. He does get blessed with goods on his way out. So there are some things to think about when you deal with that 20th chapter. What what really jumps out at me is a couple of things. One is just the literary device. The word Abimelech is a, is a cognomen that is applied to Philistine rulers, such as the Agags and the Jabins and the Pharaohs of the world. And what, what a cognomen means is it's, it's really as much a title as it is a name. So because we see Abimelech resurface over and over in the Old Testament, we are to assume it's much like the title Pharaoh. When you say Pharaoh, you don't mean one person in history. You mean one of the Pharaohs. And in the Philistine culture, when you say Abimelech, you may not mean one individual, but the title of Abimelech. And we know this because about 100 years later, way up in Genesis 26, Isaac, the yet-to-be-born son of Abraham, will go into the land of Philistia and he will be confronted with the same opportunity to lie about his wife and he will lie and say it's his sister and it's Abimelech that calls him on it but there's no reference in that chapter to hey your dad did this to me too and that's because the Hebrew reader would have understood that Abimelech was not a person but a title there's also an Abimelech in Psalms 34 there's an Abimelech in the book of Judges Um, One of the original translations of the book of Ruth has Naomi's husband named Abimelech. We've since come to the conclusion that that was a misspelling of a Hebrew word, and a lot of your English translations now call it Elimelech, which is probably more accurate. So as far as the narrative goes, this is probably a title more than a person, which could mean that it's just trying to show us again that Abraham hasn't learned his lesson and that he needs to learn his lesson. But here's what it says to me, because I always want to try to show you the thing that I see out of it. What is the thing that jumps out at me when I look at this story? Well, part of what jumps out at me is is that we're slow to learn our lesson. But the real thing that jumps out at me is righteous people don't always make right decisions. We know Abraham is the righteousness of God in that he has believed God and God counted to him for righteousness. But we still do not see Abraham making great decisions. And it tells me that we ought to have mercy on people around us who don't always make great decisions. It doesn't mean they aren't saved. It doesn't mean they aren't righteous. It means that they're human. And we can have a little compassion on Abraham and his story. Maybe we can on our neighbor. We'll see the birth of Isaac on the podcast tomorrow because it's going to lead to the departure of Hagar and Ishmael, which is going to open up the door for me this week to talk a little bit about this great religious divide that happens beginning in Genesis 21. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.